Hey, that's nice. Here we go. Hey, girl. You just tuned into the Britney Smith podcast. You're tuned in because either you're an entrepreneur, a mama, or both. And sometimes you just need a minute to, well, just be. And on this show, you'll get a lovely mixture of business and branding genius, faith and motivation. And if you're a mama, you understand conversations. Because let's be honest, we are fabulously multifaceted and amazing. So thanks for popping by. I'm really glad you're here. Girl, let's get into it here on the Britney Smith Podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to the Britney Smith Podcast. I am your host, Brittany N. Smith, and I am so, so, so excited. I know I say that every single episode, but I really am excited for today's conversation. Um, today, I have my new friend, Miss Leslie Cooster, and she is a seven-figure e-commerce brand owner. And she's going to talk to us a little bit today about how we can have the courage to allow ourselves to become more successful. It's one thing to want to be successful. It's another thing to allow yourself to actually be it and walk in it. Um, so Leslie, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm also so, so, so excited to be here. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. So tell us, Leslie, in your own words, who you are and what you do. So I have a women's clothing brand called Back From Bali, and I manufacture beautiful, colorful, ethically made clothing in Bali, Indonesia, and I bring it back into the U.S. and I sell it through my website and on Amazon. And I've been an entrepreneur for a really long time, but my story basically is that it wasn't until I made some really serious mindset shifts that I was able to bring my business from a five-figure business to a multiple seven-figure business, which it wow. is now. So I, I, I was in business for probably 20 years before I even went over the six figure making a hundred thousand in top line revenue. Wow. So even though, you know, it, I had many good things coming from that business, such as freedom and, you know, the ability to live how I wanted to live in terms of actually money in my pocket. Um, it was my mindset um, issues that were stopping me, but I didn't know they were because that's the this tricky thing about mindset is yeah. we just think that's the way we think or that's how things are. Uh, and we don't quite realize the traps we are living in that really keep us much smaller than we need to be. Absolutely. And, and you said it, mindset is tricky because you don't know what you don't know, or, or you're, you're so close to your mind that you don't see that there are different things that can be shifted. Um, so talk to us a little bit about where, where your mindset was, right. And, and where those things came from before we even get into how you addressed it, where was your mindset and how, how did that mindset form? 
there was literally a moment where it did change. I just want to start from that moment. Yeah. And I was already in my early 50s then. And I, I started my business in my mid 30s. And it was more, you know, just sort of like I sold mostly at like flea markets, at holiday markets. Um, I did some wholesaling, but it was mostly literally sold on the street. Yeah. And then the internet happened. So, you know, because wow. we're going back to the 90s here when yeah. I started my business in the late 90s. 90s. So I slowly began to get online. But still, even during those years, like I mentioned, practically 20 years of it, the business did okay, a bit under six figures, but it never really, uh, it did not grow upon grow, it did not scale. And when I was in my early 50s, I began to feel really uncomfortable with where I was financially, and also that I didn't feel I was living up to my own potential. And I was sitting in the office, my office uh, in our little apartment. My husband is Swiss. So I was in Zurich, Switzerland. I was in my little office sitting at my desk and I just had this overwhelming feeling of there's just, there's just, I'm done. There's just no way I am waking up on my next birthday, no way mm. not doing over six figures. Wow. And I just made a promise to myself. And in making that promise, I started to question why things were as they were and why weren't I making over six figures? Why wasn't I going for quote success? Why wasn't I pushing myself more? And it, I started to realize that it all had to do with my beliefs around money and around whether I should be bringing in money or whether my partner, my husband, mm -hmm. should be bringing in the money. Wow. Because my money story, and, and everybody has a money story, and a money Absolutely. story is basically your belief system around money that you grew up with from whoever raised you. And my money story was definitely that, you know, a man is supposed to bring in the money and the woman is, it's okay for her to work. My mom worked, she even had her own business, but it was never expected that she would be the provider. Mm -hmm. And even though that's maybe, we, we, don't, we don't believe that's even happening in this world at the moment. The truth is, I do believe that those ideas are still prevalent in our culture. And I, I like to call it the, the princess syndrome. And if you, you know, imagine like a princess in a tower waiting yeah. for Prince Charming to come and save her, there's still a bit of that in our psyche as women. And I started to realize like, that is how I was raised. Uh, I really didn't think I was the one responsible for this. And I started to say, why aren't you, Leslie, responsible for this? Why don't you make the money to buy the dream home that we wanted to be buying? Why don't you step up? Why are you expecting somebody else to do it? Yeah. And that was like a really big uh, question that I gave myself. And I realized that not only was it that mindset, but the answers to those questions were also trapped in mindset. So to give it's, you it's an layered. example of what I'm talking about is I started, you know, I was thinking like, if I become successful, I will lose my freedom. 
All right. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I kind of thought, you know, freedom was always one of my number one values in my life. And if I became too busy and too successful, um, then I won't have freedom anymore to do what I wanted during the day or take summers off or whatever freedom meant to be. I also saw myself as a very spiritual person. Mm -hmm. And I felt that focusing on success would contradict that. You know, that I'm spiritual and success just therefore turns into money and money is greedy. And so I started to really question is, are these things actually accurate? Are they really true? Will freedom take away, you know, the ability to make money? Will making money take away my freedom? Right. Will having a very profitable business make me an unspiritual person. And I just started to question all of these things. And I realized I had been trapped in mindset issues for a very long time. And once I threw those all out the window, that's when everything changed. That's awesome. And, and, you know, what I gather from everything you just said is you made a decision. Yes. You got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And you said, you know what? I'm going to do something different. Um, and, and I love that because even though, of course, it's a lot easier said than done, it's also very simple. We have to make the decision to go after what we want, right? Um, and then we have to be brave enough to be honest about the things that we actually want. And to your point, not the things that people say we ought to want, not the things that our parents or, or you know, our friends and our family say, here, you should want this, but what do you actually want? Um, and then I also love that you talked about these gender roles, you know, that we have been conditioned to follow. And, and in 2022, they're just not as concrete as they once were. Um, and so when I think about it, I'm married as well. And when I think about it, I'm a partner in this marriage. I'm not a uh, necessarily a subordinate or um, a, a dependent, but I'm a partner in this, right? And so we can both bring home the bacon. We can, we can, so more bacon for all of us, you know? <laughs> so I, I definitely identify with that as well. And um, it's important that we can see how our current mindset can be affecting our ability to break through that next place. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love what you said also about the, dis, the dis, decision. So that is really the first step. That's like the number one step to success is making a decision that that's what you want and getting honest with yourself about what it is you wanted. And in my case, even though I did want to make more money because I mean, who who doesn't really want to make more money, right? I don't think anyone will say, you know what? I really don't want to make more money. Right. I did want to, but I wasn't honest with myself that that is what I really, 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 really wanted. And I wasn't verbalizing it, that that is really what I want. And that is key number one. I have a book coming out and and it's called Seven Keys to Seven Figures. And the first key is wanting it and knowing what you really, really, really want. And once you make that decision about what you want and you're honest about it, then things start to, to flow. But before that, you're blocking it with a lot of ideas that aren't really helpful. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and so first of all, kudos to you on your book. Um, that's super exciting. Um, and I know it's going to be a great read. Um, so tell us, talk to us now about once you, like you said, you threw these ideas out the window, you made up in your mind, I want to be successful. First, explain to us what does successful mean to you? Well, you know, there was always two things to me. Freedom was always number one. That was my value. But what I discovered is I had the freedom, but I didn't have the money. And so for someone else listening to this, maybe freedom is your is what you first need because you don't have it. Mm. But in my case, I made sure I had it. And that was, you know, this is now going back when I first started my business. And the reason why I started my business is because I didn't want to get a job and I had been working in a job and I didn't want to get another job because freedom was what I really, really, really wanted. So I made that change actually in my mid thirties. So then what happened is I did have the freedom. I could work where I wanted. I could wake up when I wanted. I could have freedom in my life, but I didn't have the financial independence that's what I didn't have. I made some money, but not enough for me to build, you know, build my dream house. Or if I ever wanted to be a single person again, that I would feel that the confidence that I could stand on my own feet. So for me, I already had freedom. What I wanted was financial independence. Mm -hmm. That's good. And so ladies, as you're listening to this, um, one of the homework assignments, because you know, we give out homework on this show. <laughs> one of the things I want you to do is really sit and do some soul searching and make a list of the things that you want. Aside from, again, your family, your friends, society, all of that, do some soul searching. Because what I found is a lot of women don't know what they want. They don't know what they want. And so that's the first thing I want you guys to do is write down a list of things, um, the things that you yourself want. And so, Leslie, I am in um, in alignment with you in that freedom is important to me. Um, every job that I've ever had, I would always get to this place of, I don't want to be here. Like this is, I, I'm not meant to work for somebody else. I'm not meant for this kind of life, you know? And so that's, that's always been in me. So freedom is definitely important. I, I want to be able to pick up and go, if I want to work while I'm in Bali, I want to work in Bali. If I want to work in California, let me work in California. I can take this thing with me wherever I go and being free to give my family that experience. I want my children to see the world. I want them to not be tied down to a brick and mortar school if if we don't, you know, want to be. We can do school online, whatever. Um, so freedom is definitely important important to me as well. And then, like you said, the financial the financial freedom um, to be able to have multiple locations that we can pull up and say, okay, this is home for the next six months, you know, or you know, being able to because we're we're givers as well, right? Like we want to be able to build schools or you know support church initiatives and different things like that. And like you're saying, money really gives you the the freedom to do those kinds of things. And so I'm definitely in agreement with those two, um, freedom and financial freedom. So, um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And I, you know, I think there's so many, not only are there money blocks regarding like what, how you were raised, 
you know, we as women uh, are, are raised to always be nice, to say nice things. And even if we want to make money, that we would be making money for other people. We're making right. money to send our children to school. We're making right. money to donate to charity. Right. But I want to flip that all on its head. I want women to make money because they love money and they love the money that is going to empower their lives. And whether they want to donate to charity or buy a thousand dollar pair of heels, I don't care. There is no right way to use your money. But what is right is knowing that you can make it, that it doesn't belittle you or, or make you a bad person in any way. And that what it does do is it gives you independence to live the life and help your family live the life that you really envision for you and for them. Right. And that's what really money does. And in order to you know, it actually was when I when when that moment happened to me, you know, when I was sitting in my desk in Switzerland and I was like, there's no way I'm waking up on my next birthday. One of the, the first things that I did is I started to inundate myself with learning and taking courses and listening to podcasts. And I was really into like money manifestation and learning all about that. And I I was uh, in New York City at, in the time at the time at Thanksgiving, and I like took my phone out, I put my headphones on, pressed the button there, and this guy said something about money that just stopped me in its tracks. And he said, "If you want to have money, you need to want money." And it goes back to what we were just saying before about how important wanting is. You need to actually want it and talk about it and say it and write about it and free yourself yeah. from the ideas that it's bad or unfeminine in any way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that. And so my next question then, um, I'm going to ask this question that we'll come back around. Um so with where you are today, what are some of the things that you want now? Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, I, I actually would like to talk a little bit more about wanting and answer sure. your question in sure, that sure. way. What I also started to realize is why it's so hard for us to know what we want is we don't always ask ourselves the right question. Mm. Because when we ask ourselves, what is it that we really, really, really want? There's so many things. It could be a red car. It could be a new house. It could be a new apartment. It could be a new child. <laughs> you know, it could be like, it could be so, a new friend. I mean, it, the list goes on and on. So what I've learned to do is ask myself, what is it that I yearn for? Not mm -hmm. what is it that I want? Because yeah. I believe that yearning is actually a deeper experience than wanting. Yeah. And just to give you an, an example, you know, I decided that I really, really, really wanted money. But as the money has come in building my business, I realized that actually my yearning was not really just the money. It was a feeling of empowerment and control over my life that I wanted. And that was my yearning. So back to your question, uh, about three, four years ago, my business was doing extremely well. And I started to get a new yearning and a new, a new wanting because I was feeling very invisible because I had my business, I, I work online, I sell clothing, I love my business, but I was feeling 
there was a yearning inside of me to help and to teach and to inspire others and to let other women entrepreneurs know how to do it because somehow I did do it uh, without a business degree, without any training in, in fashion design. I mean, I don't even know how to sew and I have a women's clothing brand. And so that was my yearning uh, was to help and inspire and to really uh teach other women how to do do it and how to become more successful. So that is what my new yearning is and my new wanting is. That's awesome. And and one of the things that I love about that is um, that when you talk about this yearning, I feel like, yes, it is a deeper level of wanting. And I think you know that it's it's legitimate when it is something that aims or seeks to serve others and give back. Yeah. You know, like I, I feel like as entrepreneurs, one of the things that I stand on is that we are to use our businesses as platforms to serve others, to provide opportunity for others. Even though like you're saying, the money is, you know, we want the money, we want um, the things that we can get with the money. Um, but I guess one of my yearnings is to create a space, create a platform that I can empower other people by giving them opportunities and helping them to do what they've been created to do. Um, and so that to me is what makes everything that you just said so powerful. That I, um, I love that. And, and, and you're right. And sometimes we don't even realize that we all already are doing that in our businesses. And, and just as an example is during the pandemic, I manufacture in Bali, Indonesia. And my vendors, the my the people I work with are mostly women or family-owned businesses. They're really small businesses. Yeah. And during this time, it was very difficult. Uh, or you know, or the world stopped. We all know this. Yeah. Um, and I continue to give orders to these these vendors of mine. I I I sent them money. I made sure they had food. All all of these things because yeah. there's no no help from their government whatsoever. But I didn't even know the, the the effect that that was having until, you know, recently when I was told by them of how much it saved their family and how they were able to continue to send their children to school during the last two years. And they wouldn't have been able to wow. if they didn't have the, the, the work coming to them. So it's really true. Having a business, um, you are really serving other people, even in ways you don't even realize that you are not just your staff, not just even your, your customers, but all kinds of other, yeah. right, veins that are out there that is that are all connected. Yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful. And, and I don't know if you've had, I mean, I guess you have had these moments where you're just like, wow, like, <laughs> From what started out as like an idea, you know, you started it as a business to make money. And then now on the other side of it, you are changing lives and saving yep. lives through this thing. So that that's beautiful. Um, and so let's talk about, you know, as you have made the mindset shifts, what is your mindset like now? Like, what are some of the things that you went from, you know, the old mindset and now like where our mindset needs to be? to achieve that success? The biggest mindset shift we 
you need to make as a business owner is that you are a business owner and you are the CEO of your company. And, you know, for us women entrepreneurs that are starting, we're like, well, we're not really, you know, we're, we, we don't identify ourselves yeah. that way. And yeah. I definitely did not identify myself as a CEO. I thought that was like a joke the first time I put it down. But as my business has grown, I realized that is exactly what I am. And I need to stand in that. Mm -hmm. And that also means being what I call uh, the owner's model. Actually, I got that from Ryan Daniel Moran, who is one of my main mentors. And that is basically the owner should be basically casting a vision for the yeah. company. The owner is really like the captain of the ship and steering the ship. And then you have the team and my vendors in Indonesia and other people supporting it. But this mindset of understanding that you are the captain of the ship and what that means is you need to have trust in your own decisions. Ooh. And that's a hard one for us women. Yeah. We're like, yeah. do you think I should do this yeah. or should I do that? Oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's definitely, Absolutely. that's definitely my story. And, and now it's like, you, you kind of, we could use our intuition and our gut, you know, which I, I use a lot, my feelings too. And this is one of our skills as women is we, we have yeah. this, yeah. but we need to trust ourselves. And I do consulting now. And probably the biggest issue I see immediately with women entrepreneurs is them not trusting themselves to make decisions yeah. for their business. They don't know if they're right or if they're wrong. Right. And once they decide because it is again a decision right it's a decision like we spoke about at the beginning once you decide you know what i am the ceo of this business and i do trust myself to make decisions and right decisions then that starts uh you know goes in that direction and and when successes come you then have proof that your decisions actually are good yeah this is so good i i had to write it down shift what you identify with like that's my, like the nugget that I'm kind of like going to chew on. Um, and you're absolutely right. It's not until I started to see myself as a CEO that I started to move like a CEO and make decisions like a CEO. Um, and it is something, it, it kind of sneaks up on you. Like you said in the beginning, your mindset is tricky. And so sometimes you don't even realize that you've arrived at a place until there's like a moment and you're like, oh, I've been, I've been CEOing this whole time. <laughs> you know, so I, I love that yeah. so much. I love Make that it so into much. a verb. I love yes, it. Absolutely. I've been CEOing <laughs> this whole time. Um, and so now that you have, you've made these shifts, right. Um, and you have staff, you have people working with you, people working for you. What is your day-to-day -day look like? Now that you're you've reached this level of a level of success, what does a day in the life of Leslie look like? It never stops. It never it's it's constantly changing. And I, this is the you know I've been in this game a long time now. I've been yeah. an entrepreneur and running this business a long time, and it goes in phases. And I one of the things I like to say is that you don't need to be working all the time. Okay, mm -hmm. there is times where you need to work and work, 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 but not all the time when you yes. look at it over a week's period or a month's period or even a year period. So there's times in my business where I've been able to run my business, honestly, on five to 10 hours a week. That's beautiful. And there's times in my business 
where it wasn't that at all. And right now, because of what's happening in the world, uh, my business needs more attention than it's ever needed before. I need to be right now. And for you listening out there too, this is a this is an, a really exciting time to be in business. We we need to be like smarter and more creative and doing things differently like than it has been for the last whatever 10 or 10 years or so. Yeah. So because of like this change happening right now, um, I need more, I'm working on strategy. So you asked, what is the day-to-day for me? It's really on making b- the like, big decisions on the strategy of my company. So what does that mean for me? I have a clothing brand. So like what products are working, which ones aren't, what colors are working, what colors are not, right. how can we bring in some more things that are, you know, it's, it's really using my mind a yeah. lot right now. Yeah. So that that's really what I'm working on these days. And awesome. then of course, getting the team to support this. Absolutely. And, and what's your favorite part of what you do? I love the strategy. Um, I love looking at numbers too. And luckily I do. I've never, (laughs) I've never understood balance sheets and, you know, I never looked at income statements and things like that, but I do now and have for many years. Uh, So I like looking at my bank balance. I like looking (laughs) at my income statement. I, I like the, I like Excel sheets. Uh, I like analysis of the of the products. So those are the things. And I love sourcing, which basically means coming up with new designs. Yeah. I also like manage managing people. I enjoy, you know, having people to bounce off of. So those are the things I do like. But that's a great question because, you know, when you are starting out, you are doing everything and you need to do everything uh, because not only do you need to because you can't afford necessarily to hire anybody, but you need to understand what all the components are before you start hiring people. But once you get going for a while, then what's very important is you you start focusing on operations. And what that basically means in a nutshell is all the tasks that need to be done in your business. Right. Uh, And one of um, really a big a big change happened in my business a few years ago when i felt i was starting to work too much again and i wanted to really like get back to that 5 to 10 hour a week was to really analyze my operations list and i took out an excel sheet and i started to type in every single task that needs to be done for my business and at the time there was i think maybe 250 tasks um, now I think I'm up to 400 in oh, my wow. business to manage yeah. this business. And then you put down next to it, the person who does all those tasks. And what I found when I first <laughs> started doing you. that is that was Leslie, <laughs> Leslie, 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 Leslie. And then that you start to understand why you're working too much. Right. So this is a really important exercise to do. And everyone listening, I really encourage to start creating your operations list. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And I know I want to kind of land the plane, but I have two more questions. So with regards to the operations list and you um, deciding to outsource certain things, how difficult was it to hand over some of these tasks, like really release the reins and say, okay, person, go do this? It's excruciating. That's how it is. Um, it's, I think the first person I hired years and years again, I was so 
scared to hire her. And a lot of it at the time, I felt like I was showing somebody my underwear drawer, you know, and how, you know, what is she going to think of me? What is she going to think about what I know? What is she going to, she's going to realize I don't know anything. So that was my first experience. Um, I find team building and this aspect of it very hard because I was not trained in this. And again, us women entrepreneurs, we're, this is another, this is a skill set that we tend to push away and not want to deal with. Um, and, and actually, it's a, it is a skill set and it is something to learn. So this is a work in progress. Thank you for being honest, because I um, I have an assistant and we've been working together now for just over a year. And I just recently brought five new designers in um, as a part of my team. And so I'm like, OK, guys, I'm figuring this out as we go. <laughs> but I'm saying that in my head, you know, because it's something that you've, you've never done before. Um, but at the same time, you have to do it. If you want to grow, if you want to scale, you have to do things that you've never done, um, even if it's scary. Scary doesn't always mean bad. It's some, it just sometimes means different. Um, and we like to be in control of things and know how things are going to go. As women, we like to be on top of it. Um, but as you're growing your team, there are just some things you have to learn by doing. Yeah, um, you absolutely have to do this for sure. Um, yeah. Is get people other to support your business and and take on the roles, but you don't know what those are. What the mistake a lot of people make is just to hire somebody to do everything, you know, right. I need everything, you know, but when you make that operations list and you start to realize, wow, those tasks actually are much more a design task. They're, right. they're actually not like an analytical task. Mm -hmm. And you start to, that's how you are able to hire the right person for those tasks. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so Leslie, I have one more question for you, kind of a fun one. Um, how did you celebrate your first seven figure milestone? Um, I'm really good to myself a, a lot. <laughs> so, <you know. laughs> I, uh, it's funny because I practice uh, profit first and here's another tip for your listeners. Uh, profit first, um, is a system of managing the money that comes into you written by Mike McCallowitz. Uh, definitely get this book. And, um, you basically, when the money comes in every two weeks, I get paid every two weeks, um, online, then you basically put the money in different buckets. And one of the buckets is called the, the, the profit. Okay. It's one of the buckets there. And you are supposed to take that profit every quarter and buy yourself something really good or, or save it or do what you want to, but it's kind of like your payout. And I have, have to say, I've had to stop doing that because I do treat myself uh, really well a lot of times and I don't really deny myself anything. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I am sure my husband and I went out for dinners and things like that, but I do treat myself well. It's not one of my issues, but I know yeah. for a lot of women, it is an issue for them mm -hmm. that they don't celebrate their successes enough. Right. Um, so yeah, definitely celebrate your success in any way that you possibly can. Even small ones, you know, yeah. you, you did a thousand last month in sales and now you're doing 1200. I mean, that's, that's, that is a, a success. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, and I know that the ladies listening can appreciate that, that we want to celebrate the small wins as much as we are looking forward to the big ones. Um, because if you don't, 
um, this journey of entrepreneurship can become grueling, right? Like if you don't pay attention to the benchmarks that you're passing, if you don't pay attention to the new clients that are coming in, um, it's easy to get swallowed up by the, the drudgery sometimes of being the one doing all the work, if that's your story. Um, and so, yeah, we ought to treat ourselves well. And that's something that I am working on. I'm, I've gotten a lot better at it, um, but I am working on increasingly treating myself well because we work hard and so we ought to be able to play hard as well um and and just to add to that what that means is make sure i mean ladies listening to this make sure you you're paying yourself mm. this is this is the first step to treating yourself well yeah that's good that's really good so leslie tell us how we can connect with you um where we can buy your clothes tell us how we can we can follow you yeah, great. So it's called Back from Bali, like B-A-C-K from Bali, B-A-L-I, the island of Bali. And you could, the best way to find me is on Amazon and also on my own website at backfrombali.com. And to learn more about um, the book that's coming out, to sign up for that, go to my own website, which is lesliecooster.com. My, my goal is to inspire other women to be successful. And so there is tons of free content there, videos, and um, I have an ebook, Seven Sabotaging Mistakes Most Women Entrepreneurs Make. Definitely grab that. And you just go to my website, lesliecooster.com. Awesome. Awesome. Leslie, thank you so much for joining us today. This was fantastic. Um, I'm excited to go check out all of your sites and become a, a customer because <laughs> right. I love clothes and I love color and I love all of it. And now knowing the story behind the business and all of that, it really uh, makes us want to support all the more. So thank you so much for spending time with us today. Ladies, those of you who are listening, I know you got something out of this. Um, I want to see those homework assignments done. You can email us, you can DM us on Facebook or Instagram to let us know that you did your homework um, because these are things. She is a seven-figure earner and she's giving us tips on how to get there. She's giving us a roadmap on how to get there. So um, make sure you guys join us in the Female Coaches, Consultants, and Content Creators group on Facebook because you always get the new and latest episodes before the rest of the world. Um, and just join us and hang out in our community. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we will see you next week on another amazing episode of the Brittany Smith Podcast. Bye. Thanks for tuning in today. Be sure to leave a comment and then share this episode with another amazing lady who needs to hear today's show. Yes, girl, I'm serious. Just send her the link and say, girl, listen to this. Want to hang out with me every day? Head over to Facebook and join the Female Coaches, Consultants, and Content Creators group on Facebook. Or you can join my mailing list in the links below this episode. Girl, I enjoyed our conversation. Stay amazing and remember, you are loved, you are needed, and nobody, I repeat, nobody can do what you do the way you do it. See you next time on the Brittany Smith Podcast.